I'm Adam Hergenrother, and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. This is a show for leaders and high achievers who've experienced success on the outside and still feel like something is missing in their life, who have made money and accomplished big goals, but then ask themselves, is this all there is? After all, business is nothing but a conduit for your personal growth. Need nothing and enjoy everything. This is Business Meets Spirituality. So a couple weeks ago, I was in a my annual hunting trip, which is a, uh, it's funny, I call it an annual hunting trip, but I actually haven't um, harvested anything for the entire time I've been going to this hunting trip. So it's more of just a, it's more of a, a time for me to collectively think, gain clarity, um, ask myself some really deep questions and kind of explore that. So when I was out there, which again, if, if I think one of the really neat things about um, whether you're hiking, whether you're sitting in a tree stand for 10 hours and just being out in nature, one of the things that draws me to nature is the stillness in it, right? And I think the not only the stillness, but just the this kind of just this simplicity that you're on nature's terms, you're on, um, you're just, you're out there and it's just, it's really a, an unbelievable kind of experience. And that's probably why you like going for walks in nature if you do, or hiking or camping or any of those things. There's just kind of this natural draw of the stillness and the simplicity and being on nature's terms. So that's just, I love being out there. And one of the things that I really love to do when you're out there, and I think we all, um, should employ this into our lives is ask some really deep questions about our lives and our business when we're, we're in this place of stillness. So when I was out there, um, I also listened to like podcasts while I'm hunting. I don't know if you should actually do that, but um, I was listening to a bunch of them. And a lot of the podcasts I was listening to were talking about numbers. So it started, it started to ask, I started to ask myself the question of, do I actually know the numbers in my organizations? Do I know the numbers in my business? And when I sat there, my first thought, right? Like my first like egoic response was, well, of course you do, right? Like and I could, I could, I could sense that. And I was like, well, that's not really, that's not really, that's just the conceptual makeup of, of how I'm thinking. So it's, initially I could feel this. That was like, yes, yeah, so you know, your numbers, you know, you know, your numbers, you're doing this. And it was instantly I went and I said, well, that's, I think there's something more to this. So I kind of got behind it. Like we talk about anything when you first kind of get that initial response, get behind it. And so when I started getting behind that, I, I started was able to ask myself the deeper question of, do you really? And when I sat there in that kind of stillness without going to my head, even though, or my thinking, even though my thoughts were going rampant, I just kind of sat there behind it all and said, no, I don't. And the minute you were, when I was honest with myself and I could see in, in kind of, you could instantly see like this clarity that came in there. It was almost like it kind of went away. And then a new thought was there to kind of try to support of not knowing that you were not knowing your, your numbers. So instantly then went into like, okay, well then let's go ahead and try to figure out your numbers. So then I started actually using your mind as the intellectual tool that it is to ask some deeper questions like, okay, well, let's start with each business, right? I said, well, what are my numbers? What do I need to look at here? Where are we currently at? What do I need to do? And as I started to explore this, right? Um, and I'll kind of pull this back into, you know, make sure that you're approaching all of this from an unemotional standpoint, how numbers kind of can drive your life and your business, um, because you really need to know where you are. And so I'll kind of wrap this together in this conversation today. And then uh, how do you know your numbers too? And, uh, and so when I asked this deep question, I realized I actually don't know. And so when I, when I, when I got beyond the ego of needing to know and be right of everything, I started to see more clearly that I actually didn't know. 
And so then I started going into like business mode, right? Like I started instantly going, okay, well, what numbers do I need to know? And I just started taking notes in my phone. I started taking notes in my little notepad. I was just taking mental notes about what it is I need to do. And of course, over the next couple of days, I kind of sat there and, and compiled a bunch of thinking and thoughts. And I used my journaling to kind of, okay, and I laid out each company. I laid out what I think the key metrics are for this. And then I also started kind of just studying more numbers, just jumping into them. And I, I think before I go any further, I just want to pause here because... I think a lot of us think that we know our numbers. Um, it's kind of like people think they know how much they spend every every month, but when we take people through our like project view experience and, we, and we, we're working on the personal financial aspect of those, almost everybody doesn't really know what they are and they uh, or they under-exaggerate what they're actually spending every month versus what they actually are. So if you're actually spending 10 grand, you may think you're spending six. And on a, on a personal side of this, I remember when I was, a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, maybe even maybe even more, um, I was having a conversation with my wife, who is is honestly one of the most unassuming people um, that are out there. And I said, "Hey, do you know how much you're spending every month, or how much we're spending every month on just kind of household items?" And she's like, "Yeah," and she said like two thousand dollars or something like that. And um, I said, "Well, that's that's just not accurate." And she goes, "Well, well what is it?" And I said, "It's more like seven grand." <laughs> And um, she was like, well, well, that's not, that can't be right. And so I actually had our credit card statement because that's what she was using. And I put it in front of her and she looked over this. And the first thing she said was, she's like, well, how do, how do people do this? I said, well, they're on budgets. And so we kind of walked through that. And the next day, what we did from that is actually knowing her numbers. She asked to be put on for her credit card, not because she needed to, because she actually wanted to on a limit on the card of like $2,000 to be able to do that. And the funny thing is, is like, we didn't notice any difference in our life. So there's just a kind of a little example um, for me of knowing our numbers together as a as a uh, family to make sure that we are we know where we're at know what we're spending so it's just kind of just always just make sure that you know what your numbers are and where you're going with that from a, from a personal side as well too so um, that's why it's really important to know where you're at with this I also think that people they don't want to know their numbers. And one of the reasons why I think people don't want to know their numbers is because it forces them to do one of two things. The minute you know your numbers, you have a decision point. You either just just pretend that the number doesn't exist, which you can't really pretend it. And so you end up feeling like you're insignificant because you're just going to re- remain in mediocrity or some level there, right? You just don't do anything about it. And you don't want to feel that way. So you don't want to look at the number. The other thing is, is you look at the number and you're forced to change if you want to make an action, which a lot of people don't actually want to change their life or change anything they're doing. So there's two reasons why that I see that people don't really want to know their numbers and look at them. It's again, one is because they they feel like if they know their numbers, and they don't make a change, they're going to feel like they're not as worthy and nothing's good, which isn't true, but that's just how people feel. And the second one is, is that if they know their numbers, then they have to change. For instance, if you look on the, if you did, a lot of people don't like looking at the scale, if you get on the scale and look at it and you're not happy with the number, then you have to change something in your diet or your exercise in order to improve that number. And you may not want to. So therefore people just don't look at the scale or, you know, at the end of the month, you don't really want to look at your bank account and you're just hoping there's enough money in there. I see that a lot with business owners as well too. And so just, it's really important to gain clarity on this. And as you start to get honest with yourself about numbers, you start to be unemotionally involved with this. And if and, there, and if there's a couple of things if you can take away from this today is one, we're going to, how we know your numbers. And number two, from more of that personal growth side is to remain um, neutral throughout the process when you're evaluating your own numbers so you can actually make judgments on that. So that's one of the reasons why people really don't like to actually look at where the numbers are at um, in their businesses or anything. So Again, so then when I started jumping into this, I started looking at our numbers. I realized I didn't really know them. And so then I started just kind of jumping into each one. 
And I think the everyone needs to have a number in their in their business that um, is kind of like the first break. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. In in one of our organizations, Hergonoth Realty Group, we have um, the number that we track every single day is the number of pendings, the number of houses going under contract. And so if we have a number that we want to see every single day, and and the number should come um, from somebody else, meaning that if you have to be the one who is um, deriving the number or making the calculation for the numbers, a lot of times you won't do it because you'll just think that you know the number um, or you just don't actually want to look at it. So therefore you'll skip this step. Whereas if I was using an example earlier, we're talking about and prep for this podcast is like, if, if somebody just automatically sends you your weight every day, you'd be forced to look at it, right? Versus sometimes you just don't want to look at it, but you at least would see it and you'd be able to make accurate decisions around this. And it's the same thing. So the number has to kind of come in to your, it needs to be whatever the number you choose, the most important number for your, for your business needs to be there um, in a way that, that is coming in on a daily basis so that you, you're forced to look at it. And that's what we do for pennings. It goes out to every single person in our, in our entire organization, which there's about, I don't know, about 180 people, 190 people in that organization. So every single day, everybody in the entire company sees that number Monday through Friday. And for me, when I look at that number, if, it, if it's not, let's just say we, need, we want to see 10 pennings a day. If we don't see 10 pennings and we see seven one day, then seven the next day and six the next day, instantly I'm going, okay, that's the first kind of checkbox. We're down in our pendings. Then that's when you start um, going deeper into, well, what's going on? What's happening? That's when you kind of start going into, as a particular, as a leader, you go into show me mode, right? Like, okay, I understand the numbers there. Show me what's going on. Let's jump into this. And you start getting into it. And, and for me, that's what I'm doing currently is I'm jumping into all of our organizations and getting a little bit more grittier, getting a little closer to everything so I can understand the numbers a little bit more, um, especially as we lead into a new year so we can figure out realistically where we're at and then what that's going to look like for the next year. So when you kind of have this first break system of when the number comes in there, it should be just a guidepost. It's like, okay, that's the number one thing that we want to track in this organization. The minute it comes off, by the way, off can go up or down, right? And we'll talk about the up in a second, but if it's going down, you have to jump in there and say, figure out why it's going down, what's going on. And this is where the key though, the key to this is when you see the number coming down um, or if a change has to happen, you have to be the one to um, start the change, which means that you have to change your behavior around something, either where your energy's going um, where your uh, where your attention's going, where you're directing others that are around you that are a part of your leadership team, making sure everybody knows the numbers that are there, and you just need to start circulating and making sure you have clarity around the numbers. And so, for me, for in particular, um, when I realized that our pennings were down to a certain degree, I started jumping in there and I said, "Okay, well, what are actually people doing? How many appointments people are getting per day?" And I started dr- drilling down to the lowest level of number that I could think about. It's kind of like if you think about a snake, like you have the head, that's like the first numbers way up top there and you have the tail. They all kind of go together, but they're, they could be strung out. And so you kind of keep diving down um, deeper and deeper until you get to the tail and start figuring out, okay, then you work backwards from there. And that's kind of what I started doing and jumping into the organization that way. And so when you're actually starting to look at that and you, and you can see the number there, then that's when you start taking corrective action on this. Okay, what's going to be the next step that we need to do tomorrow? Then you have to change something in the organization, you have to change the activity inside the organization itself, right? So what, what actions are going to change? 
Um, for us, we came up with the idea of, okay, we're going to have a boot camp and we're going to have a contest for the next 50 days. Every single day is going to be very prescriptive to the individuals throughout the entire organization of exactly what they need to do every single day when they're coming into work. And so we just literally, we, we started from the top, looked at the numbers. There was a breaking system. We drilled all the way down to figure out what the root of the problem was. Then we said, what's the solution? And we came up as a leadership team of a very prescriptive way to get people into the act, to the new activity. And once they got into the new activity, that would then hopefully produce the new result. And so that's kind of the cycle when you see the number changing. And this, in this case, it was going, wasn't going in the direction I wanted to. And so we drilled down and then provided a new actionable plan for everybody in the entire organization to partake in. And then we used language around that. Everybody used language around that, coaches to that until that number starts to come back up. So basically you're taking your attention and all the organization's attention and putting it on the numbers or the activities that are going to drive up the number. Now, if you're in a situation where the number is staying new, like neutral, it's not really going anywhere. So you want to apply the same mythology. It's like, why are we staying where we are? And that can be, again, you may have to change something, some action that you're doing, get more momentum, get more attention, get more action on this. Um, as you're doing that, you should see the number drive forward with this. It doesn't mean you're going to go from 10 to 30 the next day, but you see some, some slight sequential growth over time. Now, the other side of this is that if you start seeing that you're growing faster then maybe it's 10 pendings per day in this example that we've been using. And all of a sudden you see 20 and 25 and 30, then you know something's about to break, right? Then you've got to start being able to see ahead of that and saying, this is awesome, a great problem to have, but how do I solve this now? How do I start taking attention and start trying to see where the next system is going to break? Who's going to get burned out? Who do we need to hire? What do we need to do? What do we need to say no to? How are you using your, your energy and the staff's energy to make sure that everybody's supporting that growth right now? And then how do you pull that back together in terms of who do we need to hire if we continue to make this type of growth? And then really watching the numbers as you do, as you do this. So your action, either course, when you're watching the first number, that's why the most important thing to think about is what's your number for either you or for the organization that you're watching every single day. And then based on what that number is doing, there's always an actionable item that you're employing based on that number. If it's going down, you do the example that I just walked you through. If it's staying neutral, you kind of do the exact same example, just trying to figure out why it's staying there, what do we need to change. The key to all this, if you want a different outcome though, you've got to be willing to change that. And then if it's going too fast, then you figure out, okay, how do I get ahead of this? In terms of visually, how do I see ahead of this? How do I start getting beyond this to start to see the potential problems that could come up? And so people don't get burnt out, don't want to leave, or something doesn't break and your customer service starts to slip in some aspect from there. Now, remember the important part of all of this from the personal growth side is this is all opportunities for you to remain neutral. These are opportunities for you to not get emotionally high. If, if things going, you know, if you're going from, you know, 10 grand a month in income and all of a sudden you go to 30 or 40, that feels good. I get that, right? And I'm not saying don't feel it, but if you get caught up in that, then you'll start making decisions based on those type of feelings that you're feeling instead of staying neutral and trying to figure out, okay, that's amazing that our, our end goal of profit is going up, but how do we look ahead of that? What's going to be the next problem? Otherwise, you'll just be riding that wave of high and you'll be oblivious to the signs that start to show trouble. And as you, you can ride the wave for a period of time, but also the, the wave will start to end and you're going to be trying to play catch up for the next six months and ends up being in a, a, an equal part 
instead of seeing the growth and then maintaining that growth, building. So it's like you grow, you build your foundation, you grow. It's kind of like that stair step that you see in business building, right? It's you, you, you build your platform, people, models, systems, then you grow from the new people, models, and systems. And as you start to grow, you then have to rebuild your, your platform, which is your model systems and people as well too, and, and make sure that you have more people or make sure you have the right people supporting that new level of growth as you're doing this. Now, so when I think about you know, the intention of this podcast is to really make sure that we have that clear number for you and for your business. And I know one of the questions that Hallie is going to ask me is, you know, if you're not a business owner, then what, what's your number, right? Um, kind of what is that number and what does it look like? And there's, this is a conversation that you can jump into Hallie on is, you know, I, I look at this as if you're in a marketing role or if you're in a supporting role and you're not necessarily in a sales role. If you're a salesperson, it's very easy and quantifiable to have a number. Um, so in, in, in brokerage real estate, it might be like, okay, the individual agent has a goal of doing four transactions, right? So you can you can tie that number to it. But if you're in a supporting role, what's your number? And my response would be, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Hallie, is that um, the number needs to be uh, associated with whatever division or if it's a one company, whatever the company's number is. And then how do you support that, right? What is your supporting role knowing that it's the one key metric that the organization is following and what is your role to contributing toward that number? That was, I mean, that was my main question was about figuring out numbers if you're an employee and you also mentioned um, having somebody else get that number for you. Well, that's awesome for business owners. How would somebody in a support role or an ops role or marketing role, how do you see that kind of translating? Well, I think if you're if you're in that role, you may be the one who actually compiles the number. I just was referring to in my own case, if you're the, you know, the kind of business owner or a leadership position, you may not necessarily it's not my behavioral style, right? To go out there and generate that number. And I actually will find excuses and find ways to not actually get that number in there. However, if you can, um, if you have somebody, or even if you had a VA compiling the numbers, right? That would you hired for 10 hours a week or a month to be able to do this, then that person could then drive that number in for you. So somebody needs to be the one. Because my whole point in this is, and I, th- I think you can understand that, is if you are in charge of getting that number every day, at least if me or if I see a lot of leadership people in charge of that, they just won't bring that number into play because they just don't want to look at it, right? For those reasons that we talked about. But if it's being forced to, for you to look at, it's we always joke a little bit in, in, in HRG is that it kind of pisses people off, right? When they see that number there, that it's not the number they want. And that should spur a change in their actions. Now, we want you to remain as neutral as possible when you're going through these things, but it's designed, when you see the numbers, designed to change the way you're thinking about it. And then hopefully that changes your action. Yeah, the other um, thing that is coming to mind as you're talking about all this is starting, it's really about starting from the top, right? Starting with that vision, then figuring out what are the overarching objectives for the organization for, you know, let's say the year, mm-hmm. but really let's talk quarterly because business changes really, really fast. So even having year-long business plans is yes. to a certain degree almost irrelevant in some yeah. of these really fast-paced entrepreneurial businesses. So let's talk quarter quarterly. Then once those objectives are set, it's working within your team, right? Your division per company, whatever the structure looks like to figure out what the individual contribution is going to be for each individual that's going to support that overall objective. So could be a sales goal, could be a number of uh, new client acquisition. Um, It could be a profit goal. It could be trying to think of like what our controller's goal might be. Maybe. Yeah. It could be an um, expense expense reduction. Expense management goal. Like what is their 
key metric that they're going to then contribute to the overall objective for the organization. And really, it's also working with those elite, whatever, what's the leading indicator for the business? Yeah. That's, the, that's the number you want to look at. Yeah. And actually, you, you remind me of, of an example. And I went in on Monday to our Caleb Williams, our brokerage companies. I went in there and I asked our um, kind of CFO, if you will, of that company, uh, not necessarily from a, we talked about expense reduction in terms of like, how do we reduce that expense every single month? And again, expense reduction is not a one-time thing, right? It's a constant mindset of that. Um, and then I asked them to go do something that's a little less qualitative or a little less quantitative, and it's more qualitative about meeting, like they said, well, yeah, we're, I said, well, how are we increasing and strengthening the relationship of our wall of value or strengthening our kind of relationships with our agents? And they said, well, I'm kind of meeting with people as they need it. I said, well, let's bring that back to a number. Mm. I said, let's go back instead of just saying that I meet with people when they need it. I said, how many are you willing to meet with every single week? So, you know, you have to meet with a certain number. We came up with three. And so we just brought it back to that number of saying, okay, now you can meet with three people every single week to help them with technology, help them with their their purchase, with their P&Ls, help them with an online drip system, help them with their marketing, something that you can add value to them. But I want to see three people per week that you're pulling back into that. So I think if you just, if you can, you can use that, if you just be willing to kind of look at how you can pull everything back to a number, and then that can obviously supports the overarching goals of the organization in itself. I think the, the, the really key thing though, from from all of this, and when I the reason why I wanted to, to kind of talk about this is because not only numbers are really important. I th- actually, you know, where I was looking at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and most businesses fail, or twenty percent of businesses fail in the first year, fifty percent fail within the first five years, and eighty percent fail within ten years. And one of the reasons I think the biggest reason why businesses fail is because people don't know their numbers, and this is the the importance is because numbers are kind of boring. Right. I mean, seriously, unless it's like a profit number that you like to look at and you see how much free cash flow you have, like that, you're like excited about it. But how often do you, you just don't stare at a PL unless you're like one of our, a couple of our CFOs who love right. doing that stuff. Right. But the, the, the numbers just aren't exciting. Right. I know people who, who are even very analytical who just don't love looking at numbers all day. They'd much rather be out creating and creating relationships and doing those things. I get it. So people naturally gravitate away from wanting to look at numbers. And so that's why um, we kind of started this with, you've got to be willing to ask yourself these deep questions and not try to be egoically correct on this. Meaning, all I mean by that is not allowing your your kind of this, your, your ego, right. To come in there and say, well, of course, you know, this you're doing this right. And you could be It's not like you're not succeeding. It's not like saying you're failing when you're willing to look at these numbers. It's basically, you're saying, how can I improve the organization constantly? That's why I used that example earlier. There's always, no matter what the number is saying, there's always an action for you to do. Mm-hmm. But until you know what that action is, then well, look, until you know what the number is, you can't actually know the correct action. You can guess, but that's why it's so important to know your numbers. When you start to know your numbers, it then triggers a response based on what you need to do and how you bring everybody else in your company into it. So then that you're using the energy of the organization to support whatever the number is saying. It's kind of like, kind of like this. I know you have a question. It's like people first naturally go to emotions. And then when they have their emotional story in their head about the way it is, about how they see it, and, and which is probably true in their own personality, how they're seeing it. And then they're trying to grab a number. This is at least what I did, right? I, I instantly went to like, when I said the example, like I was like, of course you know your numbers. Then I started thinking about numbers. I'm like, well, look at you know all these numbers, right? I can see my mind saying that, right? Like, you know this number, you know that number, you're, you're tracking in this. And it's almost like you're arguing inside my argument of this. 
And I was like, well, hold on. That's all I'm trying to do is make myself feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I'm trying to do for a moment here is trying to make myself feel good by thinking that I know the numbers instead of objectively stopping, getting behind all that and realizing, is it really true? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I said, numbers tell the truth. Yes. We don't always want to hear what the truth is. Yes. Well, it's like the truth will set you free. It doesn't mean it won't be painful, mm-hmm. right? But it will set you free. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. So that's really where kind of the heart of this is to stop in the moment and saying, where am I really at? Where am I really at for my health, my weight, right? Where am I really at for my net worth? Where am I really at for my you know, in my business, where am I really at in terms of if I'm in a supporting role, how can I, where, where's the organization at? And by the way, here's the other thing. If you're listening to this and maybe you don't have a number, have them either listen to this or go bring them in and say, Hey, look, let me ask this question. Um, kind of like you did a couple of weeks ago, how you said, let's get better OKRs for the entire organization. Let's talk about them go to your supervisor or your leader or your your owner, whoever that person is and say, hey, can we sit down and try to figure out some of these numbers? I would like to know where the organization is going based on how, and by the way, how we're winning. It's, it's like this, right? It's like if, if your favorite sports team played last night and you didn't get a chance to watch it because you're, you know, at a, you know, a wedding or something and you didn't get a chance to watch it, right? And the next day you wake up and you're like, oh man, they won. And somebody says, well, they won. And you go, great. What was the score? It's the first thing that you would do, right? Because the score instantly does what? It gives you clarity into how the game unfolded. Let's take football, for example, right? If it was like 30 to seven and your team won 30 to seven, you go, oh man, it's a blowout right? Oh man, they must have, our offense must've been on fire. I wonder who scored all these touchdowns, right? You, so you naturally start going into that way where if it was 27 to 24, you're like, whew, it came down the wire. I wonder what happened, right? It creates a different story. It's the same thing in your business. And so we need our scoreboards, right? Mm-hmm. We need that scoreboard in our business, in our life, so that we are constantly knowing A, how to win, A, how our people in our organization know how to win, and then what actions we need to take based on what the score is. Again, using that same football example, if you go in the halftime and you're up by 30 points, the conversation's different than if you're down by seven points, right? And so the game plan changes based on where the numbers are, are telling the story. If you walk to halftime and you're like, hey, we don't know what the score is, but let's just go out there and do something. You don't know, where, you don't know what to actually do. And that's how people are operating their business from, right? They're operating it from not knowing what their numbers are. So they're just like going out there with the wrong game plan a lot of times. And this is what contributes to failure, right? In businesses. Versus no, being really real of saying, yeah, we're down seven points. Doesn't, I mean, look, that experience doesn't feel, I'm talking really fast, that experience doesn't feel as good as being up 30 points sometimes. Right. However, you have to be honest and, and be real with where you're at. And the cool thing is, is once, you're, once you know where you're at, then you can change the game plan. You come in there and you say, okay, great, we're up by seven then let's focus on defense and let's be stronger in offense. But if you're down by a certain point, then you may make it all about offense, right? The conversation changes, the attention changes, the coach in the locker room, whoever's talking, it might be an offensive coach versus a defensive coach, right? So every single thing changes the entire organization based on the number. And this is what I mean by making sure that we know our key metrics, the first number that you need to look at every single day. And then secondly, it's just always getting behind all of it. Um, and you kind of use my story is instantly when you kind of hear this, you probably already have gone to the place of, well, I already know my numbers. Why am I even listening to this, right? Um, and part of it is, just, do you really? Like really asking that question. And don't, before your mind jumps in, before your mind comes in, there's an answer. 
And then your mind will jump in. There's the answer before that. And that answer isn't as loud as, or as good as objection handling as your mind or ego is up there. So just be willing to really look at that. Um, and if everybody in your current, one of the questions that I think you could ask yourself is, does everybody in the organization, even if you're not the owner, does everyone in the organization know what your key numbers are? And if the answer is no, then, then the answer is they don't know, right? And that's not negative. That's how businesses grow is by bringing models like this into the system. And this is how you gain personal growth through business, right? Is the ability to ask yourself honestly these questions and then answer them. And then being willing to go into a leadership meeting or being willing to go to your boss and saying, hey, I don't know these numbers. And these are kind of tough conversations because nobody wants to be wrong. It's kind of, I was thinking about criticism um, or constructive feedback the other day. And, uh, you know, I think people, when they think about constructive feedback, it's like, if you looked at positive, like something that's decent as like zero to 10 on a scale of like 10 being like you were amazing and zero is still nothing that's really bad. I think people want constructive feedback, but I think in their minds, it's more of like, Hey, I really want 10 feedback. Um, but then if you're going to give me something good, I only want it to go down to like a six. Uh, I actually don't want it to go negative, meaning that's actually something I have to change in my my application of doing things. And so I think numbers do that very well for you. If you can follow that little example, it's like if you're you're getting feedback out of 10 and then all of a sudden you you want, hey, I want constructive feedback. That constructive feedback is really a, I want it to be a little helpful, but I want it to be really good. And that's what I really want to hear. So just tell me something that I'm doing really good and then tell me what I can improve on, but just tell me how good I'm doing as well too, versus pausing and saying, Here's the actual feedback. And that's what numbers do is they give you real feedback if you're willing to look at them. And again, it may not be, it may not be, it's going to be a different experience. Let's just put it that way. It doesn't mean the experience may feel differently, uh, but that's the really cool thing about using business as this opportunity to grow personally. Um, it's being, being willing to look at these deeper questions that are there. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, Make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.